You are listening to Seek the Good, episode 32, Joyful Qualities. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Jaquel Tool. Hello, podcast friends. Today we're going to talk about joy and what qualities we need to have in our life and have it be fairly frequent that we have these qualities to be able to experience more joy in our life more frequently. And this list, I was I sh- saw it from uh, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. They made a book. I believe it's in a book. But I just saw it online, these eight qualities that they suggest to experience joy. And when I looked at their list of qualities to experience, to have, to experience joy, I just loved every single one so much. And I thought, yes, this is so true. So I wanted to do a podcast on these eight different qualities that we can strive to have more of in our life and and how that will help us to experience more joy. So the the eight different qualities, I'll, I'll read them off. And then I just want to kind of go through each one and talk about why those specific qualities bring so much joy to our life. So the first one is perspective. The second is humility. The third is humor. Fourth, acceptance. Fifth, forgiveness. Sixth, gratitude, seven, compassion, and eight, generosity. So let's start first with perspective. I think even just realizing that perspective is a thing, (laughs) that we all see things differently, and there's so many things that go into what creates our perspective. I like to think of it kind of as a lens that we look through. Like we all are looking through different lenses and seeing things differently. And I think even just realizing that, that there is such a thing as perspective and that, of course, we're all seeing things a little differently and that I am able to see things differently than I'm seeing them right now. Like I can change my perspective, brings so much joy into our lives. Just just even that, because sometimes we think there's one way to see things and that we can't see things differently. And that brings a lot of sorrow and can bring a lot of disappointment into our life. But when we can see that, we can see things differently. Things can change without having to change. That brings so much joy into our life. I think another aspect of this with perspective is having an eternal perspective. Knowing that this life is not it. That there was so much before this life that existed and there will be after our life here on earth helps us have so much more joy because this isn't it. Because <laughs> when we think this is it, that just can be kind of depressing, right? The opposite of joy. <laughs> but when we can see that there's eternity to come, that can bring a lot of joy. And kind of along with the first thing I talked about, just just knowing that other people see things differently and being okay with it. Like having that perspective, I think, can be super powerful. The second quality that they talked about was humility. 
And I found this quote on the church's website, churchofjesuschrist.org, I think is what it is now. It says, humility is an acknowledgement that our talents and abilities are gifts from God. It is not a sign of weakness, timidity, or fear. It is indication that we know where our true strength lies. We can be both humble and fearless. We can be both humble and courageous. Jesus Christ is our greatest example of humility. I love that because sometimes people think of humble and they think of some small, you know, some somebody playing small and feel like they're dirt or something like that kind of thing. But that's not the case. I love that it says you can be both humble and fearless, humble and courageous. Like you can be both humble and huge. <laughs> like Jesus Christ is that perfect example because humble means that we know where our talents and abilities come from. We recognize it's from God. So to me, humility is glorifying God and his creations and giving that recognition to him. And when we can do that, when we can recognize that, we live such a much bigger life when we can truly be humble in him and not be prideful, but recognize it's him. We can, we can live our biggest lives that way and that will bring so much joy and also just like recognizing that we can like being humble to ask God for help can just bring so much joy because when we think we have to do it on our own it is so much harder right so that that's why humility is such a huge role I feel like in joy then the next one is humor and I love that this one was in there because it's so true. Humor is so important in our lives. And I think it's good to clarify what kind of humor. <laughs> like, it needs to be good humor, right? One that doesn't tear other people down. And so I loved, um, on the church's website, I found this as well. It said, good humor truly is medicine to the soul. Humor can ease tension, relieve uncomfortable or embarrassing situations, change attitudes, generate love and understanding, and add sparkle to life. A proper develop, developed sense of humor is sensitive to others' feelings and is flavored with kindness and understanding. Isn't that beautiful? Like, developed a developed sense of humor is sensitive to others' feelings. It's not going to, like, make other people feel bad, right? Like, obviously, we don't have complete control over that, but, like, taking that into consideration, right? And then flavored with kindness and understanding. Love that. I thought that was so good. And my husband and I, we love listening to like comedians and different things like that. And and I think it's like so, we've kind of talked about this, that it's kind of easier to to be a comedian and come up with like nasty mean jokes and people laugh at it. And, like, to be a really good comedian, to come up with, like, good, clean humor, I think takes a lot more talent. And so I love watching um, on VidAngel. They have, like, dry bar comedies, uh, comedians that you can watch their specials, and, and you can 
kind of admin filters, so they usually try to stay really clean anyways, but sometimes they slip up and say stuff, and so there's filters on there, and it's, it's so good because um, it's, it's hard to find clean, good humor, right? But it's out there, and, it, and I do think it takes a lot more talent for people to do that, but not just like comedians or that kind of thing. I think just in life, like being able to laugh at things. Like, to find things humorous. Like, I think of Sister Hinkley, how she talked about how she chooses to laugh. She chose to laugh because she didn't want to cry. <laughs> and I think that's so awesome that she chose humor in situations that she could have chose sadness. But she chose to look for the the humor in it. The Like, it's kind of like sometimes in the moment it's hard to see it as funny, but later on you can kind of look back and see it as humorous. Like she chose in the moment to look at it as humorous rather than waiting down the line to think of it that way. And I think when we can kind of have that good humor and just be able to laugh things off and to be lighthearted about things, that that brings so much more joy into our life. The next one they talked about was um, acceptance. And I thought this is so smart to have in here because when we live a life of resistance to what's going on or happening, like that is such a joy killer, right? And when, because we don't have control over what happens in our life and what, what things may, like circumstances that may occur around us. And so when we can, instead of resist those things and instead we can accept them, then we can have peace and joy about them. And I've I talked about this in a podcast episode before, but I was struggling to kind of accept some things in my life. And to me, it was like, I, I kind of was judging it and thinking this is ridiculous because it wasn't even something that hard. I was like, there are people dealing with a lot worse circumstances and, and they like are fine and you know, they're dealing with it. And so I was kind of feeling bad about that. And I went to release Sidey and I was kind of asking Heavenly Father, like, how do I accept things that I don't like? Like I don't want them and I want it to change kind of thing. And and the sister teaching, she said that in her therapy sessions with people, she talks about this too has a place. And that's how they word it. And and to me, that just opened me up. Like, okay, I don't have to love, acceptance doesn't mean I have to love this thing. But it means I can like kind of open up and I can just allow room for it. Like, yep, you can be here. And just even saying that, like, yes, you can be here. Like, is so freeing and brings so much peace. So, I love that. Um, there's the scripture in Doctrine and Covenants 90.24 that says, Search diligently, pray always, and be believing. And all things shall work together for your good if you walk uprightly. And I think that is such an amazing promise. Like, no matter what happens in our life. Like, th I think this is a way that helps to accept things is knowing that God is allowing these things and put me on this earth to experience these things and no matter what I have to experience he will make it for my good 
that that I think helps a lot with choosing to accept things, knowing this can make me better instead of instead of why asking why is this happening to me in resistance, we can ask why is this happening in the sense of what can I learn from this? What is this here to teach me? Like letting it in and opening up to it because I know God will make this for my good if I let him. So I think opening up to that brings so much joy, that acceptance. The next one is forgiveness. And I found this on the church website as well. I just kind of Googled a lot of like, I just typed in like LDS and then forgiveness. And I found like, or like whatever the quality is. I did it for a lot of these and just came up with some cool quotes and things on on there. And uh, it said about forgiveness, to forgive is a divine attribute. It is to pardon or excuse someone from blame for an offense or misdeed. The scriptures refer to forgiveness in two ways. The Lord commands us to repent of our sins and seek his forgiveness. Those are the two different ways, right? To, um, or sorry, I only said one so far, <laughs> but to repent of our sins, to seek his forgiveness. That's the first one. And then the second one is he also commands us to forgive those who offend or hurt us. So we need to seek his forgiveness and then we need to forgive others. And isn't that such a beautiful thing and makes so much sense? Like, of course, God would ask us to forgive others because we are all in need of forgiveness of him. And as we like have things happen to us and we need to forgive other people, that helps us realize like how kind and generous Christ is being to us to forgive us because we are sinners as well and make mistakes, right? And so I think forgiveness is so powerful. And I think a lot of times we think of forgiveness as as something we need to do for the other person. But the opposite is true. There's a quote that I love, and I don't know who wrote it. It's unknown. But it says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free, not knowing the prisoner is you. Like sometimes when we forgive others or think we need to forgive others, we're thinking we need to do this for them, to help them feel okay about what they did or or like that they can move on from it. But really, <laughs> forgiveness is a gift for you. It is a gift for me so that we can be set free from the hurt and the the blame or the whatever it is that forgiveness is is creating for us or like not forgiveness but like the lack of forgiveness is creating for us once we can forgive we can be set free from that and it feels amazing so i just love that like forgiveness is a gift that god has given us to be able to forgive others because he knows how much peace and joy that comes from that and I think when we remember like we're all human we're all making mistakes that helps me to forgive others more because I see how much I need forgiveness and and crave that forgiveness from others when I make mistakes so I can like if we aren't forgiving others that can steal our joy so much 
And it's not easy always to forgive others, but through Christ, anything is possible. He can give that gift of forgiveness to us. If we seek it diligently, he will give that to you. The next um, attribute is gratitude. I love this topic of gratitude. In college at BYU, I studied, I had a class that we studied positive psychology. And that's the thing I remember most from that class. Like, we learned a lot of things, but that sticks out the most to me is how powerful gratitude was in people being, like, happier in their lives. We studied that. Like, what creates happiness in people's lives? And gratitude was, like, one of the top things. Like, if people kept a gratitude journal or kept their focus on gratitude, their lives are so much better. And they've done... um different studies to see different like different feelings or attributes or what's the word they use um, qualities that people have like what level of frequency that particular um, thing has in energy and gratitude is one of the highest frequencies that we can feel in our body when we feel the feeling of gratitude and it's right up there with love and appreciation. Like all those are really like the highest frequencies we can feel in our body. And so that can create so much good and positive in our lives. If we are constantly like turning to gratitude, right? Um, and then the other thing is I'll never forget how, like stories I've heard of people's lives changing and their perspective and everything changing when they turned to gratitude. Like there was somebody in their marriage that really was struggling with their spouse and they decided to write down a certain number of things they were grateful for about their spouse every night. And that's the only thing they did and everything changed for them. Their marriage became amazing just from making that one thing. And I just really believe that gratitude changes people. It changes everything. And it goes so good with this quote from President Nelson when he said, The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. And I think that's so true that when we focus on like even in my own life like when I'm focusing on things that I feel like I'm lacking or want and don't have then I just don't feel joy but when I'm focusing on the gratitude and the things I do have and how blessed I am and and focusing on that there is so much joy in my life and nothing had to change it just was which direction or thing I was focusing on that's the power of gratitude and I've heard Jody Moore talking about this book called Gap First Gain. And I need to um, look up the who wrote it. Oh, Dan Sullivan, I think. So I haven't read it yet, but I love how she talks about it. And it says this from the book. It says, Gap thinking means looking at the distance between where we are and where we want to be. Or it's like comparing ourselves to what other people have achieved. So that's the gap. That's gap type thinking, right? That there's this gap from where I, w where I want to be. 
or we can be in what's called game thinking, which means looking at the progress we have already made. And so the theory there is that when we stay in game thinking, where we look at the progress we've been making and focus on those things, like um, the gratitude, like what's happened and feeling that gratitude for it, we're more likely to be successful in the future because of what we are choosing to focus on. And so I thought that was a good example of the joy that comes from choosing gratitude. And in that case, what they say as gain thinking. To me, it's the same thing, like as gratitude. So then next one, um, we have two more. The next one is compassion. And there was on the church's website again, but specifically there was a talk called What I Learned About Compassion by Joanne Jolly. And she says, we know that compassion means offering our time, energy, means, and loving concern to those who are in need. But there is another side of the coin to compassion. So I'm going to stop there before we talk about the other side of the coin. But I loved that definition, that compassion means offering our time, energy, means, and loving concern to those that are in need. And... It just feels like when we have compassion, it leads us to act, right? And if you look in the scriptures in the New Testament, a lot of times when it talks about Christ and him having compassion, it uses the phrase, Christ was moved with compassion. So um, like when he looked at the woman who had lost her only son and um, she was a widow and Christ looked at her and he was moved with compassion and that led him to to act and he rose her son from the dead and all of that because he looked at her and he had compassion on her and so I love that wording and there's so many examples of that in the New Testament where Christ was moved with compassion it always led him to act to bless and to serve people and to lighten their load. And that's the same with us. When we look at people and we feel compassion, compassion leads us to action. And I, I just think that's so powerful and so interesting that they add this to joy is to have this compassion. And um, sh- in that talk by or that article by Joanne Jolly, she, she continues to say that, like I was started saying, that there's another side of the coin to compassion. She says, the other side of the coin to compassion is to receive warmly, graciously, without embarrassment or condescension, expressing thanks without a feeling of obligation. The receiver has the final power to complete or leave unfinished the circle of love Much as we must receive Christ in order for the atonement to affect our lives, so must each individual be willing to accept compassionate service in his own behalf, or other people cannot realize the full joy of bearing another's burden. Can you think of a time where this was kind of the case? Like somebody was being so compassionate and serving, and then the receiver... Like, maybe that was you. You gave something to somebody, and the receiver was like, oh, no, that's okay. Like, 
I don't need, you know, I don't need help. I'm okay, you know, kind of thing. And you were led by the compassion to do that thing. And they don't really receive it. Like that feels so sad, right? Because you're, you're trying to show love and express love and it's not being received. And so I love the wording there that, that the receiver has the final power to complete or leave unfinished the circle of love. And once, once somebody just accepts something with, with gratitude that we've already talked about, with like a thankful heart, then that circle of love is like complete and it just feels so amazing. And so I loved, I love that because, um, that is so powerful. My, um, I always, whenever I talk about that or think about, I think that that, I think of my mother-in-law because she'll, she has a hard time kind of accepting people's kind words and stuff. And so she, she knows that and she's, she works on, on being better at that and stuff. And so sometimes she'll like start being like, oh, don't, don't do the dishes or don't, you know, like kind of thing. And then she'll be like, nope, sorry. Thank you for doing that. Like turn to gratitude. And it's just it's just funny to see her kind of try to switch because she recognized, oh, like, because this is a realization that she taught me that when we, when we just say thank you and like how that does complete that love and circle, like she realized that lesson and taught it to me first. And, and so it's fun to see her like put that into action. Like, oh wait, I, I remember <laughs> kind of thing. And, um, when I thought of compassion, though, I could not help but think of having compassion for ourselves because um, we need to have that compassion for other people and that will bring a lot of joy. But sometimes it's hard as well to give compassion for ourselves and talk kindly to ourselves. And as we do so, as we, we learn to be more compassionate for ourselves and instead of choosing like condemning ourselves, choose compassion like Christ does so much in the scriptures like the Pharisees are always trying to get him to like condemn people and he just has compassion on them. <laughs> and that's the same with us. Like, and so I think we should talk to ourselves like Christ would talk to us and, and have that compassion because that brings so much more joy in our lives. And I promise the content, like condemning yourself, you think that will help you change, but it is not worth like that. And it doesn't actually lead to lasting change. Only compassion does. So I encourage you to really focus on that, having compassion for yourself as well. The last one is generosity. And that word generosity to me means like giving more than expected. Like, oh, like it's so nice to give, right? But if you give even more than is kind of expected or required for somebody's needs, if you give above and beyond, me that's the word generosity and like in the church they we pay our tithing right and then when it talks about giving fast offerings when we fast once a month and we are to give like we can give some money for the meals that we didn't eat to help feed the poor and to help um the hungry and i love that they use the word generous give a generous fast offering and I love that the church chose to use that word because we could be very stingy on that. Like, okay, if, and, and think about like the meals we chose not to eat and then like give the money for those. So 
I could be very stingy and be like, okay, so I probably ate, would have eaten, you know, this amount of food and it would have cost this amount of money and just been very like on point with how much money I give for my fast offerings. But it says to be generous and, and it feels so good to be generous and not just be kind of stingy is kind of the word that comes to mind or maybe exact. Um, and so I love giving more than, way more than I would pay on my two meals that I didn't eat for that day, right? Because it just feels so good to give it. And it kind of reminds me of when my husband and I, we refinanced our house and we were just, you know, we're given a lot of money from that um, to be able to spend on different things that we wanted to invest in. And we chose to... Like, technically, I don't know if we should have paid tithing on that amount of money that we got. It was a very large amount of money <laughs> in my perspective. But we decided, like, let's do fat tithing on this. And, you guys, it felt so amazing to give that much amount of tithing to, um, to the church because like it was we knew it was way more than we were required and it felt amazing it just feels so good to be generous and when I think of generosity I think of people that you like amazing people that you think of that you know that they would just give the coat off their back to somebody in need and I want to be that like I just think of the joy that comes from like not being attached to our stuff as much and just giving it freely and generously to those in need. There's just so much joy and peace that comes with that. So those are the eight different things. Perspective, humility, humor, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude, compassion, and generosity. So I encourage you to like study these different topics and, and maybe take a look at how are these um, qualities in my life right now and which one maybe focusing on one to improve on or to incorporate more in your life so that you can have more joy and I hope especially like in this Christmas season we recognize that all of these things bring joy because they they are who Christ is and and what he chooses to focus on and as we strive to be more like Christ is what it comes down to, right? We feel more joy. So I hope if you guys are listening um, when I air this, it's almost Christmas. We're halfway through December. So I hope uh, I'll come out with one more podcast episode before Christmas. But I hope you're enjoying your Christmas season. I hope all is well. I love all of you. And I will talk to you next week. <laughs>